Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. All right. Well, I want to encourage you today. Um, hope you're having a great day today, but I believe God has a special word for you today of encouragement, first of all. Um, you know, as I was praying and I was sort of, you know, before, before I minister, I'll pray and, and I, I like to feel like I'm, I'm connecting with something that God wants to say on that particular day, you know, so sometimes something will come to my heart and I just was feeling like there's a lot of people who are um, going through some difficult times, um, going through some times of stress, times where you feel heavy. Maybe you feel like uh, the road you've been on is has been already too long. Um, some of you are like in some battles. Um, you feel emotionally drained. You feel spiritually drained. Uh, maybe you're thinking, um, I know that you know I need to keep going, but I feel like I don't have any more gas. The gas is running out of my tank. I felt like that before, and I just felt as I was praying that there's a lot of you that you feel like that's in your life. You know, you've been going, you've been going, but you have these times you get so tired. And there's some of you like that today. And I just want to encourage you because when you don't know how you're going to go forward, you don't know how you're going to get to where you're going to get. You don't know how you're going to fix that problem with your family. You don't know how you're going to do this. You don't know how you're going to get out of this situation. I just want to say to you today, God has it in his hands. God is going to take care of it. In fact, I would say God is going to do it. God's going to do it. He's going to do what you couldn't do. He's going to make it happen. You see, we, we tend to take things on ourselves because God does want us to walk in faith. He wants us to do what we're supposed to do. But then we can easily cross that barrier or that line where we, where we think it's now all up to us alone, right? But God just takes us places where he says, you know what? I realize you're in a place where you can't do it, but you need to realize when you can't do it, that doesn't mean you missed it. That means God's getting ready to come through for you. And that's exactly what's getting ready to happen. There's a new season that's at hand. It's a new season at hand for the church. It's a new season at hand for a lot of lives. It might look like you're starting over in some ways, but I want to encourage you that does not matter. This is going to be a season of refreshing a season of new things coming forth. It's going to be a season of God bringing forth things that he's destined for your life that he's had from a long time ago. You know, some of us have these words, God's spoken to us. I've had prophetic words spoken over my life and I go, I know that's God. I've had times in prayer where God would communicate something to me and confirm things. I've had dreams that I know were prophetic dreams where God's saying what he's going to do. And there are other ways that God communicates with us. Sometimes we just have that knowing. Almost everybody, you've got this knowing. There's something that I know is supposed to happen. I know I'm supposed to do something. Nobody, sent, nobody should sense deep down that they have absolute no purpose in life. Absolutely no purpose, right? Because we've been made with a purpose and it registers somehow on the inside of us. And God has so many promises in the Word of God about how He will take us from where we are and bring us through breakthrough into something new. And I just want to encourage you, that is for every single one of us. 
what God has designed us for, what is on the inside of us to be, what God has spoken to us, He is going to bring it about at the perfect right time. And you can bank on that today. Man, you can bank on it today. It's going to happen. You don't need to look at the stuff all around you. You just need to look at God. And there's a lot of craziness all around us right now, isn't there? Craziness everywhere. You know, I know, you know if you think about crazy things, it'll make you crazy. If you think about stressful things, it'll make you stressed out. If you worry about stuff, it's going to come on the inside of you. You have to say, no, I am going to just think on those things that are good, those things that are right, those things that are pure, those things that are in accordance with God, those things that are victory. I'm going to think on these things, and I'm going to speak on these things. Like I was saying last week, when you begin to speak fear, when you begin to speak negative, you are attracting the problem to your life. When you begin to speak faith, and you begin to speak out of courage, guess what? You're attracting God's answer because God says He moves by faith. He says over and over, believe and it shall be done. Ask and believe it shall be done. Amen. Believe God's word. Believe that what you pray, you're going to get it. He says it'll be done. But guess what happens if you start to walk in faith? Speak negatively. All, all the negative always coming out of you. Guess what you're doing? You're destroying faith in your life and you're attracting problems. Anyway, go back and listen to last week if you'd missed out on that. But here's some verses for you today. In our sort of introduction, in Habakkuk 3, it says this, the vision. What's the vision? It's that which God has already spoken. It's that which God's already given you. It's that, that, that which God has put in our hearts. It's going to come to pass in the proper time. It shall not delay. It will surely come. It will surely come, he says. It's like there is no doubt about it. Now, why does he have to say this? Why does God give us that verse to tell us what God says is going to happen? Shouldn't we always know that? Yes, right? But we have to remind us of that all the time. We know it's true, but we've got to speak it to ourselves. We've got to declare it. We've got to get it in our hearts and minds. What God has said, He will certainly do. What God has promised, He will certainly make come to pass. Every testimony of breakthrough in the Scripture is mine. Every promise of good in the Scripture is mine. I claim it. I remind myself of it. I break out of every doubt. I break out of every fear. And I make a decision to believe God in the midst of wherever I am right now. That's what God's called us to do. And then in Psalm 126, it says this, Those who sow in tears... Thou shalt certainly reap with joy. Those who sow in tears will surely, certainly reap with joy. Your mouth will be filled with laughter and your tongue with singing. singing. For the Lord will do great things for you. Amen. What are tears? They represent times of difficulty, times of pain, times of mourning, right? And he says, you're going to sow in tears. How do you sow? You know, the Bible says you're going to reap back what you sow, right? How do you sow something good unto God that's going to reap back in tears? 
You see, I believe this means in tears, in your pain, you are doing what's right. You are trusting God. You are continuing to go forward. You have pain. You're crying. You bring it unto God. You bring your burdens to Him. You, you place it at His feet. Every time you do right in the middle of your pain, you are sowing in your tears. Every time you go the extra mile, you might want to run away from your problems. You might want to do something you ought not to do. But you decide, I'm going to embrace God. I'm going to do what's right. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep trusting. I'm going to keep believing. God goes, you've been sowing unto me in your pain when you wanted to give up, when you wanted to throw in the towel. You kept sowing to the Spirit, sowing to the Spirit, sowing to the Spirit. I want you to know something. You are going to reap with great joy and with laughter and with singing. God sees everything you sow to God. Everything goes into his accounting. He doesn't forget one thing. He says, be sure of this. Whatever you have sown in pain, in tears unto me, you put it in, into my hands, watch. You're going to reap back. And you always reap back more than you sow. You sow one kernel, it comes back multiplied. You never give God more than he will bring back to you. He multiplies. He takes whatever you give, and he's like, oh, this is so precious to me. And when he gives you back, he, it's multiplied. God says, man, you've had some difficult times. You've been doing right in tears. You've, you've been coming to me. What you've sown in tears, you just wait. You're going to be reaping in joy. Amen. I tell you, there's some tears stored up before God. It's going to be amazing when they get poured out back to us as a blessing. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says, Faithful is the one who called you. He will bring it to pass. This is so interesting. He says, He's faithful. So when He calls you into something, He's the one that's going to bring it to pass. You see, all we need to do is not give up. We need to hold on to God. We need to stay in alignment and trust, rest. It's sort of simple. Our goal is to stay where we ought to be with God, just with their faith, not give up. God says, hold on, just, just trust me. I'm the one who called you. I'm the one who gave you my, the God dream on the inside of you. I'm the one who wired you for what you're supposed to be doing in life. Isn't that true? You know God wired you. You know God wired you. God made you for things, not just to work, but to, to be fruitful in the earth. You know, as you get older, maybe when you're young, you just want to be successful. Oh, I want to be successful. When you get older, for most people, that temptation begins to fade away because you see how just ridiculous some of that is. And then you want to be significant. You want to be fruitful. You want to go, man, I, I want to leave something behind, not just money, not just this. I want, to, I want my life to have counted for something. God's made every single one of us that way. And there's something in you to do. There's something in you to get done. And I want to just tell you, God is the one that's going to bring that to pass. And as I, I'm just saying this, not just because of something, some, some kind of, you know, nebulous, whatever, way off into the future. I believe that there is a season now, as I've been saying, 
that we're coming into where God's going to bring his body into a new place of perfection, blessing, uh, fruitfulness. Isaiah 35, 4 says this for those of you who have maybe felt weary, like you're tired. God, when are you going to come through? Oh, God, God, one trouble and then another trouble and then another trouble. You know, how many of you can relate with that? You ever been in a season like one trouble, another trouble, one problem, another problem, one issue, another issue. Isaiah 35, 4 says this, strengthen those hands that are weak and make firm those feeble knees and say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear, behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he's going to come and deliver you. Yay! Isn't that good? Now, look what he's saying here. He's going to come against those who've come against you. Now, you're not supposed to be putting pictures of people in your mind when he says that, right? Oh, no. My boss or my, you know, that person in the other office. See, he says he's going to come against the person, those that have come against you. I believe he's talking about spiritual things. And Paul says very clearly, you have spiritual entities that are arrayed against you. It's not just some kind of poetic language to say we have problems. No, he is saying there are entities behind those problems. They know your weaknesses. They know your mindsets. They are, they are plotting and planning to bring you down. They've already caused so much trouble in your life. Do you realize that? And God says, guess what? God's going to come and deliver you from all your enemies. He's coming with vengeance. Praise God. I don't mind that. I can just whoa, get into seeing him and the devil. And he's going to do it even through us. Amen. But he's going to come with vengeance. And he's going to bring recompense and save us and bless us at the same time. Think about this. And this is what he says. Say to the one who is weak, be strong because God is going to do this. Look what God's saying here. You see, it's much lesser of a victory if you rejoice after it happens. God, the great glory of, of, of our opportunity is that in the middle of our troubles, before we physically see the answer, God says, I want you to rejoice now. You who are weak, be strong now. Why? Because you can be assured I'm going to come through for you. Wow. That's amazing. And you see, the break, that's, that's the greater breakthrough. The greatest breakthroughs are when we walk in faith and we trust God when nothing has changed. God goes, oh, he, he believes me so much. He trusts me so much. And that's what God's always trying to get us to do. And that's exactly what this word says. God's going to do this. God's going to do that. He'll surely come. Say to the one who's weak right now, you be strong. It's going to happen. Man, I love that. And I just mentioned there is chaos everywhere right now. I mean, 
there's chaos everywhere in this in the world. I mean, in our nation, I hadn't felt this much chaos in a long time. You know, COVID was one level of something, you know, and in this Afghanistan thing, it's sort of like another level that touches on so many different things. You're going, oh, man, so much chaos and like a, a big shaking. And um, you look at the church world everywhere you go. Uh, I would even say the church world looks like it's in a state of chaos. It's been shaken in a big, big way, right? Um, but praise God, I'm, more, I'm so encouraged, it's amazing. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> um, and I just would say, too, so many lives have, are, are such in, in chaos or anxiety and fear and, you know, all of that. But if you look at the Scripture, you'll see something over and over and over is that God loves to bring order out of chaos. You know, my wife loves to put puzzles together. You know, she'll sit down. She can be there hours. She just loves to put those pieces together. You know, I'm, I'm not necessarily like that. I like to sit down and I'll feel so important and go and I'll see a piece hap- happens to go in the right place. And I want them to know, did you see, I, I got that. I found that piece right there. Did you see that I did that? I mean, I saw that. I saw how that fit together and did that. I just, but anyway, but she like she likes to put things together. Uh, but the whole fun of the the whole fun of the puzzle is that it's all jumbled up. If you got a puzzle that was all put together, it wouldn't even be fun, would it? I, that's you know some of us we'd rather buy the puzzle all put together, right? But the fun of it's putting it together. God loves to put things together. He enjoys it. He's like an engineer. That's his engineering side, right, Elliot? His engineer. You have fun putting stuff together. So he sees things. He goes, man, I like, I like to do that. You see, because God, he's the God that he calls light out of darkness. Think of that. He, he says, it says he calls those things that be not as if they were. What's, what's he doing? He's calling something into existence. And he calls order out of chaos. God, the one who calls order out of chaos. Do you know, sometimes when God wants to do something new or he wants to bring us to a new level of something, we can be so regimented and so structured how we do our life, how we live life, what we do, what's next, all of that. We can be so into that that we, you know, it, it's actually hard for God to get us to change, right? Sometimes he'll use chaos, disruption to get us where we need to be. That's a crazy thought, isn't it? Sometimes he'll use that. And I believe that's exactly what's going on right now. I believe there's so much chaos. Things have been shaken. But praise God. I just I want to say this, too. Um, I, I know that there are a lot of people, you're on, you've gone to the point where you've been shaken so much in life, shakings don't bother you so much. And I would just would say to every one of you, that's where we're supposed to be. And I can just say that personally. I, I've been shaken so many times. You know, I, I mean, every, it felt like my insides were all shaken up, right? But I've been through it so many times. Uh, I, it, 
I'm not shaken like I used to be. Things don't shake me like they used to, right? And I can remember, I can remember, um, I grew up in the, and uh, learning about faith a whole lot and how to use your faith and walk in faith. And I remember having great faith insights in the Word of God and preaching those great faith insights about how to stand and how to not give up and da-da-da. And then when I went through my trials, I'm, I mean, I'm like, I mean, I had to actually realize that even though I had understanding of those truths, they had not been planted deeply in me. I hadn't walked them through. So I hadn't made them mine in the, in the same way, right? But anyway, I just want to share, we, we do get to places where the shaking doesn't bother us anymore. The shaking doesn't bother us. And guess what we do when we get there? We help others get to that same place because we know the path to get there. We know how to get there. We know how to stay encouraged. We've learned how to stay built up. We've learned how to stay in prayer. We've learned how to, you know, press past those things. That's just the normal thing. So when we've gotten there, what are we doing? We're always bringing everybody around us that's there up into that place. It's not necessarily because they love the Lord any less or whatever. It's just you have to walk through the process to get there. You just got to go through it. Nobody's made a Christian amazing believer like that. You got to walk through it. But God's grace is, is there. Now, I wanted to bring up Moses to, just to talk about a little aspect of his life, which is, you know, we, we think of Moses like, man, Moses, he had it all put together. Moses was amazing. Moses is the great leader of the Old Testament, right? But there was a time when everything Moses had seemed like it fell apart. There was complete chaos in Moses' life. He was called to be a deliverer. And just like I told you guys, you know, I don't think God said, Moses, you are deliverer, right? But it says later in the New Testament, he realized he was supposed to deliver them. I believe it was just like something on the inside he knew he was supposed to do. He knew he was supposed to do that. He knew he had something purpose beyond just being with Pharaoh, right? Something was pulling him to something more. And I can guarantee you, the more you're connected with God, there's a something on the inside of you that will call you beyond that. And there's a Pharaoh and, and a castle and whatever else that's calling you in that direction. And you've got to make a decision that you're going to fulfill your purpose in life, right? Hey, there's something in me calling me to beyond this. So anyway, he steps out. And if you know the story, he messed up royally since he was in the royal kingdom. Anyway, and so um, somehow it didn't work out at all the way he thought that it should. You know, man, I thought it was going to work out this way. I thought, I know I'm called to do this. I thought it was going to happen this way. I thought it was going to happen when I did that. Man, that seemed like a good idea. Man, why didn't anything I do ever work? Everything. Da, 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 da. And then he ends up running away. He's in the wilderness. And um, I think it's funny the way the Bible says it. It says, um, anyway, it says he, he went to the backside of the wilderness. That's so funny. If you didn't know better, you just think that's a Texas expression, wouldn't you? He's on the backside of the desert. That sounds so Texan to me. But it's actually in the Bible. It means like he was deep, deep in the wilderness, way far out there. No cell phone service, not even running water and toilets, right? I mean, he go, he's gone from the castle with everything. He's messed up. His purpose didn't come to pass. He's going, man, nothing happened right. Nothing's going right. 
and now he's on the backside of the desert with no phone service, no running water, no toilets. You know what I'm saying? And God's got him there for 40 years. Wow, this, that's just, it's just pretty amazing to think about that. Do you ever wonder what Moses was thinking around those 40 years? I believe this is what I think is happening. I think Moses is walking with the Lord. He's praying. He's getting to know him. He's sensing God. He doesn't have angels showing up. He doesn't have an angel going, it's going to be okay, Moses. Just wait 40 years and, I'll be, and God's going to do something great. He doesn't have all of that. He's just walking, having to deal with his life, having to deal with his disappointments, having to deal with what he can't figure out, having to bring all this stuff before God and figure out life, you know? So he's doing this, and somehow something's happening on the inside of him. And then, and then you see what happens 40 years later. I'll just read the story here. It says, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. Okay, already this is interesting to me. Um, so God didn't just show up to Moses in a dream. This because, And again, he's done that in other places, but in every story, there's an illustration for us. So we have to see what God's saying here. He didn't show up in a dream. He didn't come and, you know, he, like you might think he would. A bush burns. I mean, think about that. So he looks and he's, he just, okay, he sees the bush burning. It probably happens there. They, they think it probably happened normally in that part of the world where it gets so hot and maybe the sun hits a bush and boom, it just it starts burning, catches a fire. But after a while, he notices, um, hmm, that bush isn't burning up, is it? I thought I saw that bush like 30 minutes ago. It's still burning, right? So he goes and checks it out. He goes in verse 3, I'm going to turn aside and see this great sight. Why this bush does not burn. <laughs> so when the Lord saw that he turned to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, here I am. You see, I believe that those words are very important. And then it says, we'll just skip all the way down to verse 10 because there's so much in the other verses that would pull us away from the theme today. But he says in verse 10, Come now, therefore, God's saying to Moses, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Strangely enough, Moses starts arguing with God then. And God's, Moses, I mean, Moses wanted to be the deliverer. He was trying to be, right? Now he's at a point, God's like, breakthrough time. And Moses is going, but God, I don't want it anymore. But God, no. God, use somebody else. So strange to me. But anyway, I want to just make a few points here um, 
this this whole process with Moses is such a common process. It's throughout the whole Bible. We cannot escape this. There are times at large of wilderness and promises, and there are times individually of wilderness and promises. Wilderness and promises. And you will never get to your greatest promises unless you're willing to go through what looks like wilderness and difficulty. Some people, when things, you know, the road begins to be a little tough, they just throw in the towel. Hey, I've had it with this. Other people, they persevere. Those that persevere will always, I want you to get this, always be blessed. They will always make it through the wilderness. They will always get through the other side. They will always receive blessings from the Lord. Your blessings are on the other side of wilderness. Now, I'm not telling you you're getting ready to go through a wilderness. For some of it, you're going to have trials, of course. We all do. But actually, what I'm saying today is I believe the whole church world has been going through already a time in the wilderness. And I don't mean in the last two years. I'm talking about 20 years. I mean, I've seen this from a different perspective because I saw what God was doing 40 years ago and so, right? So I'm looking at what I see happening. I'm going, wow, the church has been going through a time of, I'm calling it wilderness. I don't mean, you know, some people use that. They always, they say that every time they're in a trial. Oh, I'm going through the wilderness. But it's been a season of God dealing with certain things, you see. Um, now, what's the difference between the wilderness and the promised land, all right? In the wilderness, you got trials. God's with you. But the difference is you're not going forward. Are y'all with me? You don't have the amazing fruitfulness that you'd like to have. You're not going forward. God's with you, though. And it's in that wilderness where you get weaned of so many different things in your life, right? It's in that, it's in that time when, you, when the success that you want or the fruitfulness that you want isn't there. God does so much on the inside of us, right? Um, and, it's, and it's out of this, it's out of that place of wilderness where God's dealt with us He's broken things. He's poured out things out of us where the new things are going to come forth. And this is why I say new things are getting ready to spring up into the earth. Listen to this. Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I'm about to do something new. Even now it's coming. Don't you see it? I'm making a way in the wilderness. Listen to this. God says, I'm going to do something new. Don't you see it? And guess what? Guess where it's coming from? It's coming out of the wilderness. Who would imagine God's going to bring new things out of the wilderness? Right? That God goes, it's because that's how I do it. It's my way. Right? Man, how many times you've seen this in Scripture? It's all over the Scriptures. You know, you got Joshua, right? Joshua and Caleb and that second generation of Israel. They come out of the wilderness 
and they're going into the promised land. The new comes out of the wilderness. And by the way, you ever think, I mean, think about this. The second generation had the same temptation as the first generation, but you don't see any of them ever complaining about the giants, right? It's only the generation that learns to rise above complaining that's going to enter in. That's why God goes, I want you to learn to praise me and rejoice before the breakthrough comes. Because even when you get breakthrough, you're going to have to fight there too. Did you know there are giants in the promised land? But see, if victory's on the inside of you, you're going, whoa, giants to take down today. You see? But until, if that work's not been done on the inside of you in the wilderness, you come to the promised land and you're going to go, Because you never grew up in the wilderness. You never rose above your fears. You never allowed God to deal with your insecurities and all that other stuff that we all have, right? If you don't let God deal with you, you are not going to be ready when you come to your place, when it's your time. Man, so we got so many others. Joseph, what a wilderness that guy went through. But guess what? He kept putting it before the Lord. And I love the verse that says, when he was in jail, it says the word of the Lord purified his heart. Wow. What was the word of the Lord? It was his dream that came to him. Do you realize that? He didn't have the scriptures. Joseph didn't have the scriptures. What was the word of the Lord that purified his heart? That one word God gave him. You're going to be this and that. He goes, God told me. I don't care what I'm going through right now. Man, I know it's so hard, but God told me. He held on to God, and guess what he did? He rose up over his problem. God purified his heart in the jail. God purifies our hearts and our trials when we hold on to the Lord. And those that, you see, we all have junk in us. But when we go through trials and we hold on to God, guess what? That squeeze happens and it just pops out of it. Right? And we become different people. How about David? God's going to do a new thing. God's going to do a new thing. Oh, I'm going to have a, there's a man after my own heart. Oh, he's going to establish the kingdom in an amazing new way. It's going to expand like crazy. They're going to be more fruitful than anything we've ever seen before. He's taught the Trinity talking to themselves. It's going to be amazing, guys. You know, uh, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all excited, right? But anyway, so, so what does he do? He's, he's got David. He's got the call. He prophesies over his life. He gives him a dream. And then the final touch, boom, he sends him to the wilderness. You remember that? But what does he do? He comes out. He and his men have been through it. And what God do there made them into an amazing army. Where were they made into the army of God? In the wilderness. Are y'all with me? Don't be afraid of the wilderness, by the way. There's amazing things that happen there. You meet God there. Once you begin to learn to enjoy God and not fear, wilderness isn't even bad. Are y'all see what I'm saying? Because you trust God there. And then when you trust that, then you're going to have to go to the new place. Because I'll tell you this, the promised land, the diff one big difference in the promised land, right? You're still, you still got trials. You think, oh, the promised land, these trials are going to be over. No, you're still going to have trials in your promised land. They're just not going to bother you. They're going to be bigger trials. <laughs> but the difference is now you're going to go forward. Now you're going to produce fruit. Now things are going to blossom. Now things are going to grow. Now you're going to see things come together right. 
I'm not saying that it won't be any kind of setbacks. I'm just saying it's a season where what you see more going forward than, than what you've seen going back. But anyway, um, you know, this, this promised land thing is so amazing. And we get there through going through this God dealing with us. Now, at the end, what happens? God goes, Moses, I want you to do whatever. You know what he's saying? Moses, you're ready. Now, it was timing because God, it was time for God to do it. But God had Moses ready at that time, right? When the man is ready, the ministry comes forth, right? When the person's ready, what they've been called to do comes forth, right? Moses, you're ready. Moses, you're ready. I love that. Now, Moses was 80 years old. And so I want you to get this. Everybody's path's different. You don't have to think you got to go 40 years before you enter into fruitfulness. In fact, I believe that fruitfulness is right around the corner. Mary, um, Jesus' mother, Mary is like 13 years old. God comes to her. Hey, I got I got something for you to do. <laughs> right? Man, and in a year she's has her baby. She just gave birth to God's son. I mean, it's the craziest thing, right? She didn't have to wait till she was 80. Why? God's path for everybody is different. And I want to encourage you again. This is an amazing season that we're in right now. God's bringing all things together in this hour. He's, he's, bringing, he's bringing the young. He's bringing the old. And those of you that are old in the Lord, maybe you serve the Lord a long time. You know what? I want to encourage you and don't think like Moses going, man, I've been doing this all this. Why hadn't you know, don't get upset. I bet Moses was going, man, I can't figure this out. All these people I grew up with. In the Lord, all my brethren in the Lord, man, they've already, man, God's blessed them. God's, God's done that. They've been fruitful and they've already died and gone on to be with the Lord. And here I am still out here in the wilderness, right? Those of you, if that's your testimony, I want you to be encouraged because God says he's going to raise you up. God hasn't forgotten about you. And those of you that are new and you're going, no, I don't know if God can use me. God will use you right now. There's an amazing season of God's grace. And just like he called Mary, he's calling you to say, hey, I'll step up. I'll go through this season of whatever I have to go through. But I want to be fruitful unto God. I want to produce fruit unto God in this hour because it's an important hour. When Mary was beginning to be used of God, guess who else is there beginning to be used of God? Zacharias and Elizabeth, right? They're probably like 80 years old or near it. They have a baby. It was what they're supposed to have the whole time. It was the call of God on their lives. Here you've got two things together. They've been prepared over a long time to be the perfect parents for John the Baptist. And they're like 80. They've been waiting their whole life. And here's Mary coming in at 13 years old. Okay, i got to use you for this. I've got to use you for this. I've got you prepared for this hour. I've got you prepared for this hour. You see, and this is that hour when God's saying, there's so many people right now. I'm willing. I need to pull you in 
to a place of blessing in this season of what I am doing. The church has just come through an amazing time of pruning, of God dealing with us. And didn't Jesus himself say, it takes pruning, which we've been calling the wilderness, before you make great fruit, right? The church has been through an amazing place of pruning. And we're coming out to a place right now where every single one of us can not only be blessed, but can be a part of what God's getting ready to do. I think this is an amazing season. I want to encourage you. God's getting ready to do something amazing. You guys have been through so many difficulties and trials in life. God says, I'll use everything that you've given unto me, and I will bring a blessing out of it. I'll make you fruitful. Man, what a, what a word of blessing God's given us through the Scriptures. So those of us here, could we just stand? I want to pray, but I want to pray with a... I just want to connect with the Lord in a faith today and just believe God. And I, I just pray for you at home, those of you watching, just get in a place where you're alert now. Get, get rid of all distractions and uh, pull away from things that would... Uh, you know, pull your attention away from this prayer. And I want you to agree with me as I'm praying. Just you, you pray with me. Father, I just ask right now in the name of Jesus for a great increase. I thank you, Lord God, for the Word of God. I pull past every word of discouragement. I, I rise up and resist every fear. I won't think on things that are negative. I won't think on things that are, that are pull me down. God, I stand strong today and I make a decision to resist the devil, to resist doubt, to resist fear, and to stand in the place of faith. I claim by faith the blessing of God. And according to your word and according to what you have said, God, I rejoice now, even before I see it, because I know your word is absolutely dependable. God, I can believe in your word. And I know that if you said you're going to do it, if you said you're going to bless me, if you said you're going to bring me out of where I am into a new place of blessing, I can claim it just like it's, just like it's done. And I thank you for that because just as surely as it can be, it's coming my way. So God, I thank you for that. And Lord, I thank you for those people you've called me to walk with, those people around me and, and my church family and my church body and those that I link arms with. God, I thank you we're all going in this together. Lord, I just declare right now, those that are weak, I declare they shall be made strong. Lord, any weak among us, Lord, I thank you they're being strengthened now in Jesus' name. Lord, I declare no one's going to get left behind. No one's going to get left behind in Jesus' name. Every one of us, we're going forward. Every one of us, we're overcoming. Lord, we're all adding to the picture of what we all need together. Lord, and we thank you. Oh, what a momentous day. What a day of blessing. God, we see it coming our way. Lord, it's like it's already here. Lord, we thank you. We see the new things. Just like you said, I'm doing a new thing. Can't you see it? It's in the wilderness. Oh, God, we thank you amazing streams of life are coming out of this wilderness. And we thank you for it in this hour. We're looking forward to it. We're expecting it to come our way. In Jesus' name, amen.